This is Grace Grit and Getting It Done, the podcast for women who want to focus on their personal development and their professional priorities, increase their earnings, expand their influence, and advance up the leadership ladder all the way into the C-suite. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. My podcast, Grace Grit and Getting It Done, offers a practical guide for women working in the corporate arena. Weekly episodes feature conversations with recognized experts, authors, and influencers. I'm covering topics from navigating corporate culture and coping with gender bias to prioritizing self-care and managing work-life balance. For more information, or if you'd like to contact me, send an email to lisa at bigsky.coach. Can women have it all? Is that even possible? And why are men never asked this question? And what does having it all even mean? A successful career? A happy, healthy family? A strong, intimate partnership? Work-life balance? Oh, that's the big one. Honestly, the expression having it all means different things to different people at different times of their life. Each of us needs to define what having it all means to us as individuals. The bigger question is, how do we get out of our own way? Stop the self-judgment, the negative self-talk, so we can truly believe that we deserve to have it all. In my opinion, I think that women can have it all, just not all at the same time. We have priorities, and those priorities shift and evolve over time. And that's the reason why so many of us worry about work-life balance. As women, we juggle a lot, family, career, community, and if we can remember to prioritize and practice self-care, that gets added into the mix too. It's a balancing act. Today, my guest is Athena A. Taj. She's the founder and CEO of Upthink, offering innovative evidence-based solutions and strategies to successfully achieve peak career performance and personal growth. She's a business owner, a mental health professional, a licensed therapist, and her combined experience in business psychology and cultural diversity gives her unique expertise in both the corporate arena and the personal domain. Today, Athena will be sharing how we can use the power of neuroscience to create sustainable work-life balance. Athena, welcome. I am so excited you're here. Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. Awesome. So before we dive in, please define neuroscience for our listeners who may not be familiar with that term. Neuroscience is the study of the brain. And in psychology or even career situations, it's important to understand how the brain functions so that we can normalize that we're getting triggered for a reason. The brain is sending us signals about ways to go forward or step back or stop. And if you don't understand that, you can pathologize it. You can think that something's wrong with you and nothing's wrong with you. Our brains are perfect. They want to help us survive in all these different arenas in our life. And that's why I teach neuroscience to all of my clients and as much as I can. Oh, that, yeah, normalize it, please. So many of us in the workspace get really triggered and then we lose our passion for our careers and we just look at our J-O-B as day after day drudgery. Is that because of our brains? What's going on there? Yes, it's funny that 
the way you said that J-O-B drudgery. So many of us understand that and feel it. And so the number one reason, in my opinion, where we get burned out or feel drudgery in our job is because we don't rest. So neuroscience tells us that the brain cannot possibly do the gymnastics that we ask it to do every single day. And for women especially, those gymnastics involve 17 different types. And if we are working 75% of our lives and we are overdoing there, it's going to color the rest of the 25%. So what I tell people is you're not just burned out in your J-O-B, you're burned out in your life. And that's because we don't rest. Women are supposed to be superhuman and rest is, or self-help, whatever we want to call it, feels selfish to us. Yeah. And people can call us selfish in different ways, or we will feel that, but it is neurologically, physically, emotionally required that we have a restorative practice in order to not burn out. So literal self-care things, you know, those types of things. But I guess I will, one other piece I would say is if your job doesn't match your soul needs, you're also going to get burned out. So it can be neurological, restorative reasons that you are not self-care, you don't have self-care, or it can be that you have a job that doesn't match what you truly need in your life and you're going to get burned out. Again, the brain will send you a message. This is not what you're meant to do. So we really need to be able to understand when that message comes through that we're not to blame. This is our brain trying to help us. So when you look at work-life balance, and we know that so many women struggle with it and some men, what is the first thing you would do with a client to help them define and understand what work-life balance means to them? So this might sound a little off, but I've been trained in somatic experiencing Love it. Body, love it. It's, it's love it. I've been doing this for 30 years. And a lot of these things that we've been doing for a long time are back again, which is so wonderful because they never went away. They just didn't get the play they're getting now. So with somatic experiencing, the body will give us clearer and more simple messages than the mind. So for example, as you're looking at work-life balance, if you pay attention your body will tell you how imbalanced or off balance you are. So I have my clients, for example, close their eyes. We go back through a general day and I'll say, you know, how was your body feeling in that situation, you know, in that meeting? And they'll say, oh, you know, I felt like I was drowning kind of thing. And I'll say, let's pay attention. What do you think your body was trying to tell you? And we'll get there. Or conversely, Hmm, how was your body in that meeting with that one team? And they'll say, oh, I was on fire with excitement, you know? Ah, well, that tells you something. So again, the body is saying, increase the things that bring you excitement, that bring you passion and decrease the things that make you feel drudgery. You can't always do it, right? You need a paycheck, but the more we pay attention, the more we can say, all right, well, is this paycheck worth it or not? Right. Is it worth it? And and how much do I need? So I would first do somatic exercises. I love that because so many times as women, we tend to discount the messages we're getting from our body. And then at four o'clock in the afternoon, we realize, why can't I focus? And we forgot to eat lunch. So that is 
awesome practical advice. What are some of the other components that you would use with a client other than the somatic processing to help them say to themselves, you know, it's time for me to leave the job and let me get motivated to find that next job or to change careers, to change industries? What are some other techniques you might use with a client? Well, I tell people to think of three particular pieces of their life and how those are all being managed within the current job they have. Mm. So their mental health needs, plenty of people now, especially with COVID, people are so much more aware of mental health issues, ADHD, GAD, depression, all of those things. And some jobs make that worse or make that easier. Uh, number two, what are your actual time needs? What roles do you play in your life? Are you a mom? Are you a sister? Are you a, a daughter? Is somebody needing care? Uh, and then number three, what are your soul needs? Again, I mentioned that earlier. Our I, I think of our soul needs as our relationship needs. You know, we can be in a great job, but our marriage is, is going to pot. You know, we can be so passionate about this new thing we're doing at work, but we realize I haven't talked to my child, you know, my teenager in two weeks. And those things I think are the determining factors of what you want to do with a job is how do they relate to the rest of your life? Um, again, for men, it might be easier because job is what you do with your life. Right. Where with women, it is not. Right. We wear 17 hats. And if we're not doing them all well, we beat up on ourselves. Yeah. So the realism is 75% of our lives are our career. How does that relate to the other 25%? Because it colors everything. Yes. That would be my main piece is what are those three things, mental health, your time, and your soul needs in your relationships? How are they combining? And is that working for you? And is it sustainable? I love that. That the use of the phrase soul needs, because so many times in modern culture, we just discount that. I want to take a little bit of a left turn and ask you about your own journey, because you have such a compelling combination of experience and expertise, and you're a mental health therapist accredited. You've, you know, that is not an easy degree to get. When did you first realize that your life work was going to be what you're doing now, helping people achieve, I'm just going to use a big word here, true emotional, mental, and spiritual. Is that the right word to use? Soul, wholeness? When, when yes. did you discover this was your path? You know, absolutely. Well, I always wanted to be a therapist, and this sounds funny, because I remember in middle school being the kid that would be the helper People would literally come to me and say, well, what do you think about this? Or somebody would have an argument with someone and say, why are they treating me this way? And I used to love being the helper. And I would go, there were many ways I'd volunteer and help. And I loved that. So I thought, I literally thought early on, I'd be a therapist. However, and maybe some of the women out there or men can relate to this. It wasn't a quote, high powered enough job for me. The people around me, myself, I'm a high powered person. And so I thought, well, I've got to be an attorney. Um, I thought yeah. about working in government. There were so many kind of high powered things. And I went in that direction. I got a 
degree in international relations. And I was in high powered sales and my soul was empty. Uh, it just yeah. didn't do anything yeah. for my soul. And I realized what my soul wants is to help. And so I put myself back through my degree and used my hard earned money because I was at the top of the top in my sales career. And people thought I was crazy to walk away from it, but I would prefer a soul career that I found out that. Um, and then I went to my own therapist to decide why I was so confused. And that was it. I just thought this is what I want to do. But in the end, my career has become as high powered as I thought that I wanted in terms of I opened a counseling center and had, you know, 20, 30 employees at a time and five offices. And it's been high powered, but it also fills my soul. And that is what I would wish for anyone because 30 years later, I still love this job. You know, it has its ups and downs, but I genuinely can say I still love it. I have to use the word sage. You use the word helper, mm. but a sage is someone who helps, guides, and supports by, with their bigger perspective and their wisdom. And so I just had to share that with you. Let's talk about your mentors and your role models and what was their impact? That would be my mother. Mm. She raised my brother and I as a single mom and loved us to no end and cared for us to no end, but also built a very important career for herself. And although I could see she was stressed and we were all going through challenges, the love in the house and her determination to be a mom and a career woman, um, it was quite a role model. And she does not give up. She is a fighter. And so do I, you know, I'm, I'm a fighter. I don't give up. And having 30 years in this I love that you say sage. That's such a fun word. Uh, trying to be a healer and a sage and a business right. owner and everything, having all those arenas in my life, uh, she helped me to be able to do that. You know, she can pivot. That woman can pivot to this day, you know? And I love that. So from your vantage point now, looking back on everything you've done and that career transition from a very high powered sales position where the people around you were saying, oh, don't do that. What are you thinking? You're going to go be a therapist? What? And then to having a very successful practice and all of the things we're going to be talking about in just a little bit, all the tools you've created, the techniques, the strategies. If you could tell your younger self, give your younger self a piece of advice or some direction and guidance, what would you want to say to say that 20 year old? Oh, I would say immediately watch the perfectionism, sweetie. Pie. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let go of that. Right. It's just, uh, you know, I guess I would, I no longer, but I definitely say I was type a and, you know, a go-getter and yet perfectionism makes everything else pale in comparison. And there are so many beautiful, wonderful, meaningful, powerful things out there that are not perfect. And you lose them. You lose yeah. sight of all these other things. And that, you know, that was a perfect example of that. I thought, you know, high powered, not enough meant not perfect enough. And so once I was able to get into being a healer, as well as a high powered businesswoman. Okay, there it was. And that wasn't the quote perfect road. So yes, uh, 
you know, people say all the time, well, I don't strive for perfectionism. I know that perfectionism doesn't, a perfect doesn't exist, but I think a better way to think about it is, is it enough? Mm. You know, um, we know psychologically, you know, rationally perfectionism doesn't exist, but enough is another big piece. Is it enough? And as I have found things to be enough, they are more than enough. Yeah. They are fantastic, you know? Um, anyway, so, you know, if you know yourself and you know your passion, even if you fail, it's okay. Cause it's, a, you know, it's a road to the next piece. Right. And you, you know, oh, okay. All right. That's just not the road to go on. Okay. I'll go, right. I'll go to the next place, but right. I'm my right. own best friend here. Oh my gosh. That is, I love that expression. Um, I think it's so important that we all learn how to be our own best friends. Cause we say things to ourselves. I'm not enough in our quest. And many women are like this, this there's the internal critic. And then there's the societal expectations and cultural norms that women have to be perfect. And even the conversation today about having it all and what does that mean? And is that possible? And then that negative self-talk or what you refer to as the defeatist self-talk, we say things to ourselves we would never say to our best friends. And I, I'm so happy you're bringing that to light in this conversation today, because to every listener, please treat yourself like your own best friend there's no upside in telling yourself you are not enough. I also want to ask you, Athena, um, because that was a great aha mic drop you just gave us, but what other aha moments have you, can you share about your own personal process and your professional process? Well, the, interestingly, they go together because, well, I have GAD, generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, it's one of the most common disorders that, uh, people are diagnosed with. So, and what happens with GAD is we think, oh, it's just anxiety. You know, when there's major depression, it's much more obvious. The symptoms right. are much more um, intense. And so you're more likely to go seek help. With anxiety, not so much. People say, oh, I'm just nervous or I'm stressed, you know, the catch all right. stress. And so we think, oh, I'm just going to live with this or there's something wrong with me. Either I I can handle this or there's something wrong with me. Either way, we don't listen. We just keep trudging along. And somebody with GAD, many of you out there, if you do have GAD, know that if you don't take care of GAD over time, it takes a toll on your body and your mind and right. your productivity. Right. And there was a time that I went through a few different things in a row. I was grieving the loss of someone I loved deeply. Mm. I got the H1N1 virus, which is, you know, the precursor to COVID and nobody knew what it was. And I couldn't figure out why I was so sick. And my anxiety turned into panic disorder, which is a lot of people know that that can happen with GAD. And I didn't know, I didn't know what was happening. So at that point, I thought that this is it. I can't not look at this. So I found an incredible psychologist and I took a month off work, which I I did have the luxury to do. Not a, pe not a lot of people do, but right. you can do this without taking a month off of work. And I, healed myself of my gad with help and really with help of neuroscience and with the help of so many tools and skills that now I have. So when I have anxiety now, it's because my body is trying and my mind's trying to warn me that something's off in my life and I have the skills to figure that out. So I would say what 
the aha moment was learning the tools and the skills to take care of my mental health in order to take care of every single other thing in my life. And particularly, there is a breathing technique that I teach. If any of you follow me, uh, certainly please do. There are, in terms of, if you end up following me, don't hesitate to DM me and ask me about, it's hard to find sometimes when you look at somebody's grid to say, oh, where is the breathing technique in here? Right. I will send it to you. The breathing technique is a diaphragmatic breathing technique that literally creates neuroplasticity, which is the healing of traumas and triggers in the brain. And GAD, or so many other things, are come right out of our brain. And so I was able to heal that piece. Now, these mental health disorders are not curable, but the symptoms are absolutely manageable. So that aha, and it changed my whole life because if you have anxiety or depression or ADHD, whatever some of these disorders are, you can make all sorts of choices out of those symptoms instead of your more grounded self. And when you move those symptoms out of the way, you find, oh, I'm making completely different choices here, or I feel so calm in a meeting that I used to just be amped. Right. And so it changed my whole life. It really did. And, and my relationships changed, the rationality, the clarity, uh, you know, life's hard. I mean, just generally things are thrown at you all the time, right. but it's how you manage what's thrown at you, of course. And uh, managing mental health is number one, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So- I, I'm hearing you say, one, ask for help. Yeah. Two, there is help. Go to an expert, mm -hmm. which leads me to a question because I love the breathing technique and the fact that you're talking about, oh, I can get triggered there. How, when I go into that situation where I know I'm going to get triggered, what sort of strategies or solutions do I have? What techniques? So can you just explain to our listeners the concept of neuroplasticity? Because I think it's a really important concept that can give all of us hope about, I actually can change my response to a situation that triggers. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, and I think that's what neuroplasticity, when you have the practices to create neuroplasticity, which is the healing of brain functioning, you then start to have the confidence that you do have control over this brain, over your thinking, over your behavior. And neuroplasticity is created in so many different ways. I think people hear some word like that and think, oh, what am I going to do to be able to do that? Right. Well, I'll give you a number of very simple things, actually. Number one, the restorative process that we talked about. So finding ways to every single day. So remember, neuroplasticity is the healing of traumas and triggers and brain chemistry that you've had literally since birth. So this is not a quick fix. It's about daily practices. Now, most women are going to go, oh, no, add something else to my list of things to do. Please no, Athena. However, Everything that I, most everything that I teach is not something you have to take a whole lot of time out of your day. And, and the brain luckily doesn't require it. So the breathing technique is something that you add to anything else you do during your day. Many breathing techniques are asked, people ask them to be mindful while they're doing it. If you have time to do that, fantastic. 
but you don't have to with the one that I teach. So you can add it to anything except exercise because exercise, you already have a great breath technique. Right. Um, so you add the breathing. It's a two, two, four in for two, hold for two out for four and normal breaths in between those rounds. It just calms your parasympathetic nervous system and literally in the moment will make you feel calmer and more rational. So the breathing takes you from what's called the amygdala, your threat center in your brain, where you're triggered into your frontal cortex, which is your rational side of your brain. Instantaneously, right. literally, you'll notice as you do your two, two, four, couple normal breaths, all of a sudden you'll feel like a balloon is deflating. And in any given moment, uh, you ask kind of, what do you do in a given moment? If it's there's a difference between having a practice, a daily practice where you're doing your breathing on a regular basis. And then for example, using the breathing in the moment, you're in a meeting, somebody said something and you're triggered. You can, no one even knows, no, needs to know you're doing it. Right. In for two, hold two, out for four. And in that moment, you will start to feel calmer and more balanced. So those are things you can do in the moment. You can, so for example, you can close your eyes, even in a meeting, you know, you can close your eyes, you turn off your screen, close your eyes for five, 10 seconds, that reboots your brain. Silence, again, turn off your, turn off your audio at your meeting, you can still be looking at everybody, but you can't hear anything. Silence for five to 10 seconds, reboots your brain. So I've got all sorts of these that I teach people to use in the moment or as a long-term healing. Those are all creating changes in the brain in the moment or long-term. That is brilliant. Now, please share your Instagram because this was how I found you. And I went through your entire grid. Just share with our audience your Instagram account. It's at better behaviorist. Yeah. So I want to stress to all listeners, because you're here because you're working a corporate gig, and we all know in the J-O-B, we get triggered every day, something as simple as doing Athena's breathing practice, two, in, two counts inhale, two counts hold, four counts in, exhale will reset your parasympathetic nervous system. That's the nervous system that controls the heartbeat, digestion, all those things we don't think about that keep us alive. And it's just such a great, simple technique you can use to focus and center yourself again. Um, Athena, I want to talk to you. Okay, oh I have so many questions, but let's go to something you've got on your website. And please share your website. It's um, upthink at business, uh, upthink.business. Upthink.business. And you have something that you do there called Dear Athena. Share it because I just think this is brilliant. Thank you. Just a little background on this. During COVID, I could not see enough people fast enough. People were right. having such a difficult time. Right. So because of the level of trauma that I was seeing, I built something called text therapy and it's TXT. So it was a way it's a, it's on my website. It's a confidential secure service where you're working directly with me that you could have a session 
through text with me. And we could do it at each of our um, time frame. So the piece I worked with a neuroscience on build a neuroscientist building this. The concept of writing accesses a different part of the brain than speaking. So one is not better than the other, but in terms of problem solving, writing is very powerful. So if you were good to go on my text therapy, you would see, I have a couple of prompts, you know, like journal prompts. How are you feeling? Give me the particulars of the situation. What is it you're needing? Just writing those things brings the brain from the amygdala, the threat center, into the frontal cortex to make our problem solving easier and more smooth and smoother. Now you're writing to me saying all of these things, but as you're writing, you're already healing yourself. Then I'm reading. And as a professional mental health career expert, I will be sending you information and ideas and feedback and action plans. And we go back and forth four or five times on having a session. Then after COVID was over, people use it all the time. If they use it, people don't stop using it. They find right. it really helpful. And it's really so cost-effective. I think it's now $40, you know, to do this. Then people said, I just want to be able to dump like a situation on you. And then I want you to just send me back your feedback. So I don't necessarily need every single time a back and forth. I need, like some people would say, I need dear Athena, like dear Abby, you know, or dear sugar. And so I thought I could do that, you know? So another part, it's text therapy if you want to go back and forth and it's dear Athena, if you want to just simply send me a letter and it's again, you're writing it on your computer, of course, through the service. And I'm going to send you back a much kind of, you know, more uh, like a letter back, just like you'd get in advice, but you're getting it from a mental health professional or a career expert. So either way, you can use one or the other. And that's even less, $25 that you can get my help. And it's 24 seven. I'm not answering obviously at two in the morning. However, you are already getting the benefits when you cannot sleep. You get up for 10 minutes and you write me something and that already will help clear you. That is just brilliant. And I, I love the aspect of text txt therapy because it's triage and it's in the moment and then dear athena is you know obviously with a letter you're going to be thinking about what's going on what's troubling you and putting it down on paper and there is to your point such an important connection where you're actually writing and you're not asking people to journal that's a very popular technique right now but it's just to do what i would call what i called in corporate a brain dump you put it all on paper and send it off to a healthcare professional like Athena. You've got another tool you use called change management. I'd love to hear you talk about that because this blew my mind. Please well, explain that. This is another one of those, you know, um, obvious things, but we don't think about them. For, for you. I, maybe. I think, you know, change is inevitable. Change is happening all the time. Correct. And yet we're really afraid of change. Yes. yes. It's a very, you know, interesting dynamic. And so because our lives and our careers are constantly changing and, you know, we want to just be able to be more comfortable with that. There can be a much deeper reason that we are afraid of change, which comes from childhood trauma right. most right. of the time. So that is something to look deeper into with the help of a therapist. 
if you're finding that it's, you know, pretty basic, ugh, I don't like change, you know, I just want this to stay the same, is to find it as your friend, you know, decide that change is going to be your friend, change is not going to be a, a pain point, it's going to be a learning experience. And here's one of the main pieces I try to help people with in order to be ready for change when it happens, is to make your life far more flexible. Part of the reason why we fear change is because we don't have the space to do anything with that change. We have scheduled ourselves to the hilt, you know, right. so just as a simple piece, my, my day goes completely crazy because something comes in last minute and I don't have time for it. So that feels like a very scary change or an embarrassing change, you know, whatever it might be. I am in a relationship where I do not have help. So where am I going to fit in change when number one, either I can't ask for help because I now need help with that change, or I don't ask for equality in my relationship where I don't have room for change. You know, again, I'd prefer to get a job where I work, you know, less hours instead of 80, maybe right, right. 40 but I'm not asking for equality in my relationship. So I can't possibly do that, you know, where, or that somebody doesn't help me with, you know, house, the house. I, I don't like the word help, by the way, someone's not equally contributing to the house and, or parenting. So that's a tough one. If we have a very rigid life in that way. And there again, you know, mental health is another piece change right. comes often with mental health change needs and so if i'm not taking good care of that that's a problem financially if i've got myself in debt that's very rigid because right. i can't i don't have the flexibility to make some changes if i need to so i think change and flexibility those two a lovely balance rigidity and change not so much yeah, really painful. And that gets us into trouble. Um, I just want to go through all the ways our listeners can connect with you because, you know, I mean, I I completely respect and, and so thrilled by what you do because it is so needed and so helpful, especially for my listeners. But how can listeners reach out to you? I know your email is athena at upthink.business and your Instagram is better behaviorist and mm -hmm. your website is upthink.business. Mm -hmm. Did I get that right? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I know that we talked about a next big thing that's coming up for you that I think is brilliant. Your YouTube channel, share, yes. share that, share information about that. It's in early stages, so it might be a month or two, even maybe just into next year. What I found, I'm a therapist. I'm also an educator. And to try to always do that in 60-second sound bites with Instagram or, you know, TikTok or these other things, wonderful, right? There's a place They're for that. great. They're great. What? And you we know, want found, more. Yes, that's really what it was. I had a lot of people say, when are you going to do a YouTube channel? You know, I heard you say this, but now I have five or six other questions and things I'd like for you to expand upon. So being able to have long form is really exciting. And, you know, a little daunting, I have to say, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. So yes. it's 
exciting and um, challenging at the same time. So I'm working on that. I've, you know, for example, this morning, I, I'm a prolific creator. This has been, you know, a wonderful thing to find, to have social media these days where you get to actually use that. Yes. And I thought, huh, maybe one of my segments will be how tough times can become learning experiences. So that yes. would be an example of one of the, you know, kind of, um, maybe I'd have a four-part series on that. I, I'm definitely going to be interviewing people. I'm going to probably do some live therapeutic sessions awesome. on different topics that you hear all the time that people are needing, you know, burnout and work-life balance and mental health in career and, you know, all sorts of other things. So there's going to, I'm going to try to have different pieces where I've got either a one-off or segments that people can follow and learn quite a bit more about a particular subject. So it's exciting. Oh, I just, the need is so great. And you have, again, practical strategies and solutions, and you pull from such a wide area of expertise, having the corporate career in sales, being a therapist, understanding why it's so critical to focus not just on professionalism, but also the personal development. Um, I, I just think that YouTube channel is going to blow up. Again, you can reach Athena at on Instagram, Better Behaviorist. You can reach out to her website, upthink.business. You can reach out to her, Athena at upthink.business. And there's so many things on her website. So if there was one message that you wanted listeners to take away from your episode today, what is that message you want to share? I would love for especially women to decide that a restorative practice is essential in yeah. their lives and in their careers, yeah. that rest is not a dirty word. It is actually scientifically proven to be essential to let our brains, our bodies, our souls have time to regenerate. So even if we don't like the word rest, let's use regenerate. Mm -hmm. We are not endlessly going to be able to keep up with what's required of us unless we have a great self-care regimen. So I'm here to help people with that. And, or there's so many places to learn those things. It's just deciding that you're going to do it. You're yeah. going to take the time to build a self-care daily regimen, and it doesn't have to be extensive in order to get restorative benefits. We know that through neuroscience. So it's not as big or scary as it seems. It's actually a wonderful, the thing, in my opinion, to take on if you want a healthy life in your career and in your relationships. Absolutely essential. One of the things that I find the listeners of this podcast want so much is a practical solution that doesn't take time, is not difficult to follow, the breathing technique that you shared, also the fact that you've got Dear Athena on your website, which is upthink.business. Again, for anyone listening, you can do a brain dump, you can put it in a, in a letter to Athena and she will respond to you, or you can use text TXT therapy, where you can have a series of texts with her and you can get an immediate or within 24 hours, a response and get answers when you're triggered or you're facing some sort of emotional or professional, or I'll even use the word soul-based 
crisis, Athena is there. I, uh, Athena, this has been my absolute pleasure. I just so appreciate the work you're doing. It is so needed at this time. And the fact that you're accessible, I want to share with all our listeners, do not try and do this on your own. Go to an expert. Today's pace with the recent pandemic and the state of the world, we are all under extreme stress. Um, many of us are very anxious and you don't have to navigate this alone and you don't have to be embarrassed by the fact that you are not perfect, that you may be suffering. Don't do it in silence. Reach out, reach out to Athena, uh, Athena at upthink.business. You can find your website, upthink.business. You can find her on Instagram, Better Behaviorist, and so many solutions. You don't need to do this by yourself. Reach out, get expert opinion from someone who is heart-centered, which Athena is. and very, very much experienced and an expert in her profession. Athena, this has been, oh my gosh, this has been my pleasure because my intention is to support women to go out and create the change that makes the difference. And you cannot do that if you're burnt out. You mm -hmm. can't. So yes. Yes. I think it's so important. Um, Any closing thoughts or suggestions or ideas? And just the last piece I would say is, you know, part of the reason why I was really excited that Lisa reached out to me was your work on helping women and this camaraderie. I instantly felt at the minute Lisa and I started talking this camaraderie that I think so many women feel with each other. And yet it's one of the last things that we work on is being with each other and talking with each other and you know, commiserating with each other. So I would say after you just heard this woman speaking with another woman today is reach out, reach out today to a girlfriend and talk with her about what you're going through. Be vulnerable because she's going to be right there waiting for you right there. And so am I. And so is Lisa. So here we go. <laughs> this has been my absolute pleasure athena thank you i want to just share all of your social media so people can reach out to you you can email athena at athena at upthink.business her website is upthink.business she's on instagram which is how i found her better behaviorist and if you go to her website upthink.business there are two awesome quick access points to athena dear athena or text TXT therapy. And uh, Athena, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on your site probably later today as I start my next project going, help. I am <laughs> right help. here for you. I so Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do Thank it. We got you. this. <laughs> yeah, we got this. We got this together. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank okay, you so thank much. you. My absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to Grace, Grit, and Getting It Done. I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. If you'd like more information or to contact me directly, send me an email, lisa at bigsky.coach. Lisa at bigsky.coach. Thanks for listening.